Welcome to My Cousin Jane, a podcast about Jane Austen and her works, with your host, Lee Phelan. Welcome back to another episode of My Cousin Jane. Each week, we look at what you might think of as the behind-the-scenes featurettes of a particular chapter in Jane Austen's books. And this week, we're going to be talking about Pride and Prejudice Chapter 9. Chapter 9 is a relatively short but very cringeworthy chapter. Not because the writing is bad, but because it is such an accurate portrayal of a very awkward situation. Elizabeth's mother and younger sisters come to visit Netherfield to check on Jane. The conversation is more than a bit awkward for Elizabeth, who afterwards quickly retreats to check on how Jane is feeling. Let's start with an excerpt from the chapter that includes a discussion of social dining in the country, courtesy of Karen Savage and LibriVox.org. Indeed, Mama, you are mistaken, said Elizabeth, blushing for her mother. You quite mistook Mr. Darcy. He only meant that there was not such a variety of people to be met with in the country as in the town, which you must acknowledge to be true. Certainly, my dear, nobody said there were. But as to not meeting with many people in this neighbourhood, I believe there are few neighbourhoods larger. I know we dine with four and twenty families. Nothing but concern for Elizabeth could enable Bingley to keep his countenance. His sister was less delicate, and directed her eyes towards Mr. Darcy with a very expressive smile. Elizabeth, for the sake of saying something that might turn her mother's thoughts, now asked her if Charlotte Lucas had been at Longbourn since her coming away. Now, the joke here is that 24 families, though a significant number to Mrs. Bennet, is in fact a rather embarrassing boast compared to what families in the highest social circles, such as Darcy and Bingley's, would be used to dining with. Speaking of embarrassing boasts, let's listen to this one about Jane. She seems a very pleasant young woman. Oh, dear, yes. But you must own she is very plain. Lady Lucas herself has often said so, and envied me Jane's beauty. I do not like to boast of my own child, but to be sure, Jane, one does not often see anybody better looking. It is what everybody says. I do not trust my own partiality. When she was only fifteen, there was a man at my brother Gardner's in town, so much in love with her, that my sister-in-law was sure he would make her an offer before we came away. But, however, he did not. Perhaps he thought her too young. However, he wrote some verses on her, and very pretty they were. And so ended his affection said Elizabeth impatiently. There has been many a one, I fancy, overcome in the same way. I wonder who first discovered the efficacy of poetry in driving away love. I have been used to consider poetry as the food of love, said Darcy. Of a fine, stout, healthy love it may. Everything nourishes what is strong already. But if it be only a slight, thin sort of inclination, I am convinced that one good sonnet will starve it entirely away. So the reason I wanted to listen to this is because of Darcy's comment that poetry is the food of love. This is a reference to a famous Shakespeare quote from Twelfth Night that says, If music be the food of love, play on. Give me excess of it, that surfeiting the appetite may sicken and so die. Now, admittedly, there is not a ton of interesting stuff happening in Chapter 10. And because of that, as promised in the previous episode, we're going to backtrack briefly one chapter and talk about the game of Lou. Here's a clip from Chapter 8 where Elizabeth encounters the game at Netherfield. On entering the drawing-room, she found the whole party at Loo, and was immediately invited to join them. But suspecting them to be playing high, she declined it, and making her sister the excuse, said she would amuse herself for the short time she could stay below with a book. Mr. Hurst looks at her with astonishment. I mentioned last time that according to David Parlett, author of A History of Card Games, 
Lou, also known as Lanterloo, is a trick-taking game similar to Whist, which most scholars think originated in Holland. While it was mostly played by the aristocracy in the late 1700s and early 1800s, by the late 1800s it was considered a hallmark of the rough tavern crowd and was generally frowned upon. Lou is a trick-taking game. If you've never played a trick-taking game, most of them go something like this. Whomever goes first plays a card, say the Four of Clubs. The next player has to follow suit by playing another club if they have one. If they don't have one, they can either play a trump card or a slough card. A trump card is a card of a designated suit that beats all the other suits. For example, if hearts are the trump suit, and the current high card in the trick is the ten of clubs, and a player that doesn't have clubs could play any heart card, which would be the new high card of the trick. If a trump card is played, the only way for the next player to do better would be to play a better trump card. So imagine we have four players named Elizabeth, Jane, Bingley, and Darcy, and we say that hearts is the trump suit. Elizabeth goes first and plays a five of spades. Jane has a couple of hearts, but she also has a four of spades, so she has to play that because you have to follow suit if you can. So Elizabeth is still winning. Next, Bingley, who doesn't have any spades, plays a four of hearts. Since this is a card from the trump suit, he is now winning. Finally, Darcy has neither a spade nor a heart, so he can play a slough card, sometimes called a discard, and plays a two of clubs, which in this case isn't worth anything because it's neither a trump card nor of the original suit. So Bingley would win this trick. Now notice there are a lot of phrases that come from this style of card game that you've probably heard used in other contexts, such as playing the trump card, following suit, and missing a trick. Now that you know how trick-taking works, here's how Lou works. There are three-card and five-card variations, but I'll explain the five-card version. At the start of the game, five chips are added to the pool by the dealer. Each player is dealt five cards, then a card is flipped over to reveal the trump suit for that hand. Each player looks at their hand and decides if they want to play or fold. If they play, they can exchange any number of their cards for new cards. Then players proceed to try to win tricks as I described just a minute ago. In five-card loo, there are five possible tricks to be won. For every trick you win, you get one-fifth of the current pool of money. If you go through a round without winning any tricks, you have been looed, and you add five more chips to the pool. There are some additional rules in five-card loo that can affect how this works. First, the jack of clubs is referred to as Pam, and it trumps everything else in the game. Second, after the dealing and exchanging of cards, if you have a flush, you can win the entire pool of money immediately, and there are different kinds of flushes. In order of precedence, you have a Pam flush, which is the jack of clubs plus four other cards of the same suit. That beats any other flush. Then you have a trump flush, which is five cards of the trump suit, and then a regular flush, five cards of any other suit. If a pool is won in this way, then all of the money is taken by that player, and then play begins again. There are some additional variations on five-card loo, but the most significant is unlimited loo. In unlimited loo, Instead of adding five more chips if you're lewd, you have to add an amount equal to the current value of the pool. So if there are currently 50 chips in the pool and you're lewd, you have to pay 50 chips into the pool. This version of lewd can lead to an extremely large amount of money being won and lost in a short amount of time. And this is one of the reasons it developed such a bad reputation. So that wraps up this episode of My Cousin Jane. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you'd like to help support the show, please head over to leefalen.com slash mycousinjane, sign up for our newsletter, or click on the little donate button. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for listening.